Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to this episode of the Jamila Jamil re-release. It is a big favorite among listeners, so we wanted to shoot something out into the ether. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I think you will very much enjoy it. If you have listened to it, I think it's worth a second listen. Now, we did have uh, an episode totally new and fresh. Unfortunately, there was a little Sherlock Holmesian moment where an audio file went missing (laughs) in our world of the internet where things live and so that audio file is being uh grabbed again and I don't know why I'm making this sound so mysterious basically just know that the episode that was going to release this week is still going to happen but every once in a while some kind of funky thing happens with the world of the internet and audio and uploads in the meantime, please enjoy this episode. I hope everyone is staying safe and well and feeling some optimism. I'm sending my best to you and we'll talk to you soon. immediately just offered you a sad coaster that has been broken into pieces and then glued back together clumsily at best. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, Wait, is that ghost? Mm-hmm. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, it's this guy, Scott C., who, um, for those like pop culture nerds, there's this thing called um, Gallery 1988, and they really cultivate all of these artists who do this sort of like great kind of indie fan art for stuff. So oh, we have wow. Beetlejuice. These are coasters, but then he does like these sort of limited edition prints and stuff. And so that is the coaster. So you can see why I couldn't just like no, have that break let and let it go. go. I had no. to really work to glue it back together. No, I'm so glad you did because now I'm going to steal it. And now you can, I probably would piece. accept you stealing it, particularly if you just announced that you're going to steal it. That feels... I'm gangster like that. I mean, it's still stealing. I feel like stealing it usually... Kind of, stealing, yeah, it different. is. It's because yeah. it's just right in my face. <laughs> it's totally unapologetic. It's more like acquiring. Like, I think I might just acquire this from you without your permission. I believe it's called Thug Life. It is. I think it is called. As you can tell from my accent, it's something that I adopt. Clearly, extremely thuggish. (laughs) Mm. Have you had to do American accents for stuff? Or Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I have had to do American accents, Uh and I'm trying not to always do like the Valley Girls. I know that really is offensive (laughs) for people. Like, oh my god, that was lit. Um, But I'm trying to learn. Like, you know, for for example, I think. I'm not going to try and do them now, but yes, I've had to do American accents and I just, I die when I'm doing them because I'm so scared that I'm offending everyone because I know how horrific it is for me when people try and do English accents right. at me. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and so don't do it. I don't won't. do it. I won't. <laughs> I won't because I'm, I'm, I want to be really good at it and I know that I'm not because it's nothing I ever practice. Mm-hmm. And so I, but I, what I only want is to be talking to someone with an accent and then duplicate their accent perfectly and then have them drop be gape at blown me away and yeah. say like i how do you what and that won't happen so i can't do it kristen bell unbelievable authentic, oh yeah like london accent. yeah terrifying yeah she i remember she was in something that i remember her being i remember her being british and oh. thinking oh she did a great job she was like uh god what was it it was something that was like uh it was like a period oh thing i haven't too. seen that so she's, yeah, yeah. She's, Terrifying. Yeah, she's good. 
have to kill her. Uh, we're gonna have to kill her. We're. I guess yeah. we're gonna. This is when we decide. I guess I just agreed to, to yeah. do it. I don't know how I. Wow. God, I'm so really. Isn't it great owning up to crimes before you've even done them? Yes, it's, it's such a relief. The guilt is just absolved. All the, the guilt really just comes from the secrecy of it, not the act <laughs> itself. Um, yeah, that's. I won't ask you to do accents, but I, that's sort of a question that I had. Is that you know I think universally people even people who are good at accents if there fe- if there feels something that is leans on an affectation that feels thicker or more pronounced in some mm-hmm. way then it's easier to sort of catch hold of versus something that um is less affected and is just sort of more monotone like my accent feels very sort of like television newscaster to me oh. <laughs> which is sort of not it's just but it's not as interesting as you know being from the south or being you know yeah but um but to an outsider like do you sort of go oh well now I, I see why British people like it seems like they lean hard into like New York accents or you know mm-hmm. things that sort of they feel like they got like a real oh, quality that's like oh I can put my I can wrap my head around this this or is the, uh, the Larry David like ah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I had no friends till I was 19 and that's when I became good at accents was my teen years yeah. I didn't have anyone else to talk to so you I had to just... create other characters so we've got an uh, Indian person uh-huh. it is very close to my heart I name my characters uh, very very much uh, and like Scottish I had like a Scottish character and I used to genuinely like uh, keep myself entertained with these accents yeah uh, just because I was so fucking lonely and why were and what was going on that you just social leprosy so <laughs> actual social mm-hmm. leprosy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i was someone who i did have like one friend but i don't even know if i can call her a friend now that i look back because she's <laughs> only my friend on the weekends yeah, and weekend friend wouldn't speak to me during the week at school because it was infectious that if you were seen talking to me yeah that i would that then no one would talk to you it was and catchy. why did you what what was it about like was it the way you drove was it a combination of things was it it was many things uh i so i got a scholarship to a secondary school that was very fancy uh, when I was 11 years old. And, and where was, was this? This was in central London. Central London. And it was a very fancy, it's on Harley Street, which is where all the plastic surgeons are. Uh-huh. And this is randomly the school where all the girls go out and get their tits done at lunchtime. Uh-huh. It's Great. bizarre. Um, and so uh, everyone there was extremely rich and extremely beautiful because their parents were like a billionaire father with a supermodel mother. And I was hugely overweight. I had acne. I had braces. I had glasses were just fine but i had shit glasses because just had shit glasses Uh uh, (laughs) because i was poor uh and i had no money and i was really inexperienced socially and uh and so i i and i spoke with uh less of a less of a sort of english cut glass accent and so like i i think i just sort of didn't fit in instinctively mm-hmm. with any of them. I was also one of the only Pakistani girls in the whole school. Yeah, I was going to ask if, if ethnicity came girls. into it as well. Totally. Well, you so, never know. You know, sometimes there are yeah. really diverse snobby schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of one. Um, yeah. But it was just, you know, I had all the things going against me. And I, you know, I hadn't grown up with any of the same experiences as these girls. And, you know, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do drugs. I... Uh, I just wasn't cool. I've never been cool. That's yeah. never something that I've had. And thankfully now, as I've turned 30, being cool is no longer cool. Uh-huh. And the nerds That's right. have risen to That's the forefront. Right. You're in and safe, now I'm in you're the in safe space. That's right. Uh, and I found my people. You found your people. Uh, but now, all that being said, mm-hmm. 
you do present now you can present now mm-hmm. to people perhaps in mm-hmm. terms of how they take you in when they're mm-hmm. looking at you visually in a way that would suggest that you have always just been an extraordinarily beautiful tall oh. <laughs> girl so you so that that so the idea of you the, the ugly duckling turning into a swan is a sort of like trope that actually is it's based a boring in truth, story but, it's a boring story but i you know i I became an English teacher at 19 and I was teaching English as a foreign language and you have to do, and I I was practically mute until then. Like I wasn't very socially comfortable. I definitely wasn't comfortable with public speaking, but in that situation, you have to walk in. You've got people sometimes from 15, 16 different nationalities, none of whom speak the same language as each other, never mind as you. And via the art purely of mime, you have to teach them how to say English words, like basic English words. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to sit in front of a room of like 17 Polish nuns and teach them why you shouldn't pronounce sitting as shitting Uh via the art of mime. And there's something about that that just, it just opens something up Uh in you. You're like, you can never be embarrassed again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What took you to what drew you to that position? Was it like just an opportunity for a job? Was it? No, I got hit by a car when I was 17 and pulled out of school because I couldn't walk again for about a year. And I didn't want to go back to a classroom after that. Yeah. You know, I'd just been lying down for so long watching television. I didn't, I hated my school anyway. And the idea of then going in with younger girls just wasn't appealing to me. Well, I sure. had such a bad association with that. I had terrible anxiety by this point in my life. And so my God. I just thought I'm going to go and just do anything else. And, and TEFL is a type of teaching English as a foreign language, um, is a thing that you can do without any qualifications. You just have to speak English well and be nice and be able to teach people and I was 19 years old they gave me a job I had lied about my age and qualifications uh-huh. but that was 14 uh-huh. years ago so you can't get me now uh-huh. uh- <laughs> I love that you I love that all of this was uh <laughs> I'm a sociopath I love, that you, yeah. I love yeah. that you started this portion of the story with it's a boring story <laughs> yeah. it's a bo- yeah. it's everyone's story you know how you get hit by a car and then you can't walk yeah. for a year and then you don't want to go back to school so you start teaching English as a foreign language. Having lied it's about not a boring story. It, no way is it a boring story. No. Uh, uh, no, that would be. I think that's something that. I mean, this is the, the this is the point zero 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 one percent version of what I imagine you experienced. But um, I got sick so often when I was younger mm. that I would be out of school. It would be like strep again, and you'd be sick for a week, and they wouldn't want you to come in because you had you would you would infect people. And I, uh, I really, it only would take like two days of being home for me to A, be sure I never wanted to go back to school again, B, develop like a really intense anxiety about just mm-hmm. not being there and, but like also not wanting to be there, mm-hmm. but feeling like the buildup of like, oh Catching no, at some point I'm going to have to go back yeah. and I don't want to ever feel well again because I don't, it's, I had mm-hmm. such anxiety about going to school anyway. So I can only imagine being checked out for that long because school really is just this sort of rote thing that mm-hmm. you just do day after day and everyone has anxiety after the summer break ends if you even go to a school where you have a summer break versus year-round school and you just it's so easy to fall out of the habit of mm. the bullshit of school frankly yeah that I would feel exactly oh, the I'm same way I mean I can't imagine I would be like I don't bitches. belong there anymore that part of my life is over yeah. 
you know? Yeah, I couldn't do it again. I really had a terrible time. I was bullied really badly at secondary school. And it's so funny because those girls now uh, like reach out to me on social media. They and you just can't, of like, course you can't they even do. imagine who the fuck they think they are. Yeah. To this. <laughs> fuck you. Like, obviously, I'm not bitter anymore. You know, clearly, clearly, clearly I've moved on. You know, I'm not bitter, not bitter. I but, feel but like you. you can have a good, healthy fuck you and still not feel bitterness. I think yeah. it could be a sociopathic fuck you of like i feel nothing for you so fuck you yeah oh god it was so ridiculous oh, but awful. um because i had no friends i watched television sort of i guess probably every waking hour during that time when i was in bed shit-faced on medicine what um what happened what happened with, I, when, with what what happened to your body when you were destroyed my sacroiliac which is uh the where the hip joint kind of meets the bottom of the back yeah. and so I had to have steroid injections all the time in my back and I'd have physiotherapy and um I think I broke my arm uh, quite badly and uh just generally I was love that isn't I think I also like, have there like, so much that happened no, but that I, also I might have, have broken my hypermobility like oh, so you, really you can do. see that so I'm like bending my elbow yeah, right now impressive. completely the wrong way yeah and it's really sexy and that um, what and that was a product of or that was no I just you have already, always you had already that went, yeah. so I think that you could have become a contortionist no 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 i think i'm sure i'm sure my family probably considered sending me to the chinese states because <laughs> uh, i can kiss my own ass i don't wonderful i don't know why i know that i can uh, and maybe we don't the need body to go is into there that. for us to get um, to know it to experiment yeah, you know. with it well no one else wanted to kiss my ass uh-huh. so. um, but i uh i guess that probably really messed me up because i was it sort of saved my life probably because i bent when i should have broken yeah but it also like sent me completely out of kilter and i've had like joint problems sure since but anyway uh my point being what and were you just point? walking across the street what, what i was running away from a bee that wasn't chasing me because my girl had a tremendous impact on my life <sighs> so yeah you're so disappointed in me i'm not at all okay. i feel like the same thing could have happened to me i was so afraid of bees mm-hmm. as a kid Bloody i mean everything I was afraid of, but I was Sorry. so, no, don't worry about it. I was so, so afraid of bees. And I finally got stung by a bee when I was in my late twenties. How was it? It was, it was really okay. I've now been stung okay. by a bee twice. Oh God. Well, the first time I got stung, I got stung on the, I've told the oh. story before, but I got stung on the neck and it was really close to my jugular. And I guess that does kind of increase the, the, the way that your body reacts to the venom. Cause it quickly gets to your heart opposed to like, if it's an extremity or something. Christ. So I didn't feel good. I mean, I definitely felt very sick to my stomach and I felt it was definitely hurt. Um, but, uh, if you remember the story guys from a previous podcast feels like it's maybe been a while since I talked about it. The girls that I was staying with, it was down here. Um, they both came from like wonderful, like Santa Fe hippie families. So they immediately knew what to do and they made a poultice of tobacco and honey and just daubed it right on the sting. And I would say within five minutes, the swelling went down and I felt better and I was okay. And then I felt terrible for the bee because I realized like, yeah, oh, she was, yeah, she just thought that she was in my car. So she just clearly thought that the only option for her was to sting me, even though I was not endangering her hive in any way because we were in a car. Uh, and I wasn't driving. I was, I got into my car and immediately got stung. But then I felt so bad that I went and found the bee lying on my car seat and like brought it up and inside and sat with it while it died. It was an emotional time for me. Oh my God. <laughs> You're weird. I love oh, it. for sure. So I weird. felt terrible, which also like, let me be clear. I've smashed a million spiders in my day. I don't know why oh, yeah, yeah. I cared I so much about the bee. I mean, it's a, sp- it's a real spider. Mm 
this is a real, this is a critter country to be sure. Um, but yeah, something about like at some point in my life, even though I was still really afraid of being stung by them, it did get drilled into me that bees are special and bees don't want to sting you and they actually give up their lives and they have to, you know, and so there seemed some sort of terrible cosmic irony about all of that. And then I got stung once while I was shooting something and I had to continue shooting. So that was another like, just like, okay, I guess I'm a tough, I'm a tough because this is fucking hurts so bad, but I've got to keep working. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I am not to diminish your story at all. Please. I don't know that it could deserve anything more than being diminished. The baddest motherfucker I've ever felt like I was. And you can find this video on YouTube. It's called, I think like presenter flirting fail. Um, (laughs) Okay. And it's a video of me teaser. having an argument with an English pop star that then turns into us chasing each other, trying to paint each other. Oh. And uh, I fall over, I trip over on a plastic bag and I fly into the air no. and I break my fall with my face, <laughs> which it turns out isn't the right way to do it. You should use your hands, kids. Oh, um, but no. I, uh, yeah. it was was unbelievable i did actually put my arm out and you'll see that and then my arm because obviously it bends the wrong way just caved and broke my elbow broke and uh then i went smash like face first i lost my front tooth i got a concussion and then i had to keep filming i used eyelash glue to stick my tooth back in no you did not i did i did because it hadn't, fucking kidding the whole me? thing hadn't come out of the gun. I got stung yeah. by a bee. No, 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 no. Oh, God. I, mean, Holy I would have been such a baby about that. Shit. Uh, but yeah. I when did this happen? I also had concussions. So I think that helped me make that decision. Like, yeah. what an idiot. Like, yeah. they, I had to sign a release form in the ambulance that said, like, I'm, if I die, it's my fault because I'm choosing to get out of the ambulance with a concussion. And I uh, finished filming like an idiot. And what, so you were, so you were, were you what what was the you said presenter and yeah pop I used to, star, I said, so okay was, so after the english teaching i uh i heard about an open call for a, a job on television hosting a big tv show and i'd met a producer in a pub who told me that he thought i was funny and that i should uh, apply for this job i'd never heard of anything in tv i'd never wanted to be in tv but he did tell me it was a thousand pounds a day <laughs> and i was like 22 and i'd never even heard of that kind of money yeah uh, and you know it was that pimp money that's, that's yeah. the money a big pimping you know uh-huh. and that's uh, something I've always strived towards uh-huh. um, listen you're, go- you're gonna get there um, and uh, and so I went for the audition and I got the job and again I think the English teaching like just took away my inhibitions yeah and, and I think also the car accident made me not really take things as seriously as I used to when I was a teenager boy I was that so, makes sense so hard on myself as a teenager my god I hated myself so much like re- I read back journals a couple of years ago from just how, how much self-loathing there was as to how I looked and how I was and how uncool I was and how I would never be loved and no one ever wanted to kiss me no one did kiss me until I was 21 years old and so I just was full of insecurity and I think the car accident knocked a bit of sense and perspective into me. If, if, if anything, like I've said this before that I think all children should be hit by cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> lightly, lightly. There should never, God forbid, there should ever be any like uh-huh. lasting damage. But I think we should all be like, at least like sort of grazed by a car. Uh-huh. Um, if I were prime minister, I would, mm-hmm. I would um, start that, that would as my first law. Yeah. very quickly. Because it does ground you as a human. You don't think, take things as seriously, uh, especially not within this like very silly business that we're in like you know if you can piss on your own then everything else is cake right and uh, that is the title of my book uh-huh. 
<laughs> Please uh, run on that platform yeah. in tandem with sure. children should be hit by cars. Yeah. Um, but I then became a TV presenter after that and I've been doing that for eight years and that's how I ended up on TV, uh, losing my front tooth uh, and concussion, getting a concussion. Okay, so what and was the skirt? actual environment in which you were painting some... We were... You were, pa- we, you were painting each other. We were rebuilding like a, a children's day centre, I guess it would be, like a sort of recreational centre for children who don't have any money. And so we were painting it up and the show was like a kind of charity show mm-hmm. where you get a celebrity to come and like, you know, help build up this thing with the kids. Mm-hmm. It's a community sort of vibe. And uh, him and I were just fighting because we were on opposing teams and uh when i fell my skirt flew completely over my head and when you see the playback and if you do ever look at this online because it's such an amazing video um, <laughs> you'll see that they use my asshole as advertising space and they cover <laughs> they cover my ass with like a logo for the for the bloody show <laughs> which is so bizarre and this soulless. is like an ultra violent bridget jones's diary oh, moment so awful so exa- ultra that's exactly violent. What like it was. for her yeah. it would just be like and i fell into some mud yeah <laughs> and i was so embarrassed yeah and then for you it was like no this is the shit yeah, that really yeah. happens yeah. you your tooth comes out yeah your tooth comes out yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i can't believe you use eyelash glue that is dare i say pure grit no baby that is that's but pure grit that is like because i my with my anxiety disorder like i can't even see someone else with something wrong with them without sort of feeling like it's happening to me so yeah i mean i would love not to be i mean i wouldn't like i've gotten other people through things but i don't think i've been great at it and i think that it's been i've been holding on by a thread and certainly the idea of like a tooth breaking and then me still having the disgusting it's just very um that's hard <laughs> that's hard. it must have been so i mean you, well, you had a concussion you said so you no, just sort also, of were like i'm just gonna put it back in i'm not gonna the- think about what this looks like this gaping hole where a tooth is usually mm-hmm. you just don't think about it you just no, get but also you just through it. you've i think I think if you've ever had like an accident happen to you that was really quite serious or something really scary happened, your adrenaline takes over no, and you become right. a superhuman version of yourself. Yeah. You know, with all the problems that I had after the car accident, I got up and walked off the, the, the scene yeah. by myself. I walked home, walked up two flights of stairs because I was in shock. <sighs> yeah. And then I suddenly went to sleep in the middle of the day and woke up and I couldn't really walk anymore. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, my yeah. God. So you so. you walked home with broken, with broken, fully broken bones. Broken back stuff. Yeah. Damaged, <sighs> damaged back stuff, like broken arm. Uh, just bizarre. But uh, feeling great. Feeling yeah. the best I've ever felt. Like I was actually like, I was, uh, I was being smug about it. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. Are you okay? Are yeah. you okay? Yeah. The car? And I was like, I feel great. I feel amazing. I'm, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. Look, I'm going to do some press ups. You want me to do some push ups? Uh, I've never yeah. felt better. I've had a couple of not great bike accidents where I, I definitely have certainly, and I've had plenty that have been bad, but like not right. really bad. Yeah. Um, I've never had a bike accident where like I've, you know, broken a leg or something like that. Is this motorbike or bicycle? No, just bicycle. Um, but, but I've definitely do the same thing where like, and part of it for me is if I can spring right up, then for sure nothing's wrong with me, which is not a guarantee at all. Stupid thing to do. But it's a a feeling of like the faster I can get up, the more I'll know I'm not hurt. Yeah. And then just continue on like same thing. Like I rode my bike down a hill 
to a hospital when like I had absolutely no business getting back on a bike, but it's just like, well, how else am I going to get there? This is my logic. It's insane. I know someone who got really drunk and fell off the top of a tree that he'd climbed because he was drunk uh, and broke his neck in three places. Didn't realize walked into accident and emergency. And his they neck. had to, yeah. He, I mean, he would have severed how his spinal remarkable. cord like if he had not like moved in any wrong way or yeah. like, jerked. At yeah. All. Yeah. Oh he walked into the hospital. It's unbelievable. Anyway, yeah, so for you, when that tooth came out, you were like, this is old news. It's fine. I've I been told through you, so thug, much worse thug life. than this. I adopt thug life. Yeah. Uh, also, it was a dumb thing to do and really embarrassing and went viral. Uh, so that was awful. Um, oh, God. But I, I, yeah, I carried on that job for about another year after that. Then I started doing live radio because I didn't have to wear makeup or have a thigh gap, mm-hmm, uh, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then, because they're really critical of like women's weight in England, like really... Really yeah, worse, worse I guess, than here. Because tabloids are well, so much more pervasive and pernicious in the UK in a way that I don't down. envy. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate that. I feel like I can very comfortably skirt all tabloids. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to look at them at the grocery store. And I just don't feel... Like, I went a very long time without knowing what a Kardashian mm-hmm. looked like. A mm-hmm. very long time. Well, now I you don't have to because everyone, everyone looks like a Kardashian. Well, that's so. true. <laughs> yeah. Especially the girls at lunch who are popping over to the plastic surgeon to get their boobs oh, done. God. Near the contouring. School. What's happening with the contouring? I don't know, but it is really turning everyone into... There's there's such an interesting... It really, it, it feels right uh, that you now end up looking older than you are most times so because strange. we associate that look with age like like when you see a specific look now you're like oh that person must be ancient because they've done that to their face well, they and it like could be that they're Cleopatra. 70 and it yeah. could be that they're 30 it's it's a funny one it feels a bit like and i don't mean this in a judgmental way because like god knows i've definitely been guilty of wearing far too much makeup uh, in my life but it feels nowadays like especially with the highlighting and the contouring like people are doing it for instagram they'd rather look good because you look great on instagram when you do your makeup like that but you look insane uh-huh. sometimes <laughs> in real life right uh and oh you're just talking about don't... makeup i was talking about like full fillers like actual oh, right. plastic surgery oh and gosh stuff. yeah i mean that's a whole new thing yeah. that i'm learning about but um but it just feels like people are just doing everything for the gram yeah, you know, everything is like they don't mind how they look in real life as long as to millions of strangers they look perfect, right. amazing, and airbrush. It's very strange, but <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh-huh. I'm 100% <laughs> here for it. Um, we got to get some of that serious contouring on you. I would go with just like a charcoal smudge stick. Yeah. Let's just go straight black and white. I might just do a shit and let's then just smear ju- <laughs> it uh, <laughs> across my face. Uh, and we're anyway. embracing it, the organic side of it, yeah, yeah. the organic Can't side of the possibilities. Um, but yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is a podcast. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. That thing is not my daughter. And I want you to tell me there's a show where the hosts don't just report on French science and spirituality, but take part themselves. Well, there is, and it's Ono, Ross, and Carrie on Maximum Fun. This year, we actually became certified exorcists. So yes, Carrie and I can help your daughter. Or we can just talk about it on the show. 
Oh No, Ross and Carrie on MaximumFun.org. So what did you, what when you were staying home and watching television, what mm-hmm. were you, uh, was there a specific genre that you sort of... Comedy. Yeah. Comedy. This is why I find comedy to be a really noble profession that I feel very touched about being in now because... I uh, I think it saves lives. It keeps people company in their darkest hours, takes people's mind off things. You know, um, even at our show, uh, people have been, so many people tell me or tweet me or come up to me in the street and say that, you know, with everything that's going on in the current climate, they watch our show last thing before bed because there's something warm and fuzzy and distracting about it. Yeah. Um, I watched a lot of Friends, a lot of uh, Cheers, Frasier, like all American comedy. I probably learned how to act from watching 24 hours a day of just constant comedy. And I also watched a lot of self-help programs. And I think that genuinely changed me. Like yeah. a lot of Maury, Dr. Phil, Oprah. Oh, okay, that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Not, not that they are self-help. It's more like, you know, reality TV, yeah. trash sometimes. Um, but I, I loved all of those programs. Jerry Springer, bring it on. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like those shows made me everything that I am today I think that was the most formative year of my life and yeah. it was everything I learned from television I'm almost like an alien who just like learned human yeah from from listen that. I know it worked for Daryl Hannah and Splash yeah, all she had to do I was spend a couple it. hours in front of those televisions oh, I I do recommend that movie oh, I, I would love definitely to watch recommend it. I'll go watch that today do you have siblings uh, I have a brother how yeah. was all of that let me make it about him how was all of that for him to go through um, he was, I think he was away in Spain. He was at school in Spain for a long time. He's, he's older than you. He's older than me. He's like 10 years older than me. Oh, oh wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, so when he was, you yeah. get into the, I'm kind of an only child by that point. Uh, yeah, I guess um, I was about six or seven when he went away to yeah. Spain to live with my grandmother and go to school there. Uh, I think he'd had a, a bit of a rubbish time at school as well. He'd been bullied. It was, you know, like, uh, there's a racial tension between... Uh, Caucasian and African-American people here, but that racial tension exists between Caucasian people and uh, people from Muslim backgrounds right, right. in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And you get called a Paki, which is right. a very bad slur right. uh, in England. And we were openly called that and bullied for being that. And we are the most ridiculed people in the United Kingdom. Uh, we're 100% at the bottom of the food chain. And then all of this ISIS shit has only made right. that 100% worse and therefore right. justified that inherent racism that existed long before people were afraid of us. They looked down upon us, right. even though they love our food mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and our tea. One of the most wonderful things about yeah. But the incongruity. Um, he had a bad time, so he went away to school. So I think I did, you know, I did spend a lot of my time just, I learned everything from film and and TV up until up until he'd left, he was very good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of my only friends. But right, and how did you end up here again? Uh, I moved here three years ago because I was cold. Uh-huh. It was very cold. Fair. Um, I had Fair. vitamin D deficiency, and uh, also I felt very pigeonholed. Um, I'm sure that you must have frustrations as a woman in this business, and like, especially in the last two months, I've learned so many horrors of being a woman in the American media industry, but. In England, like you have a very, very short lifespan as a as anything within media whatsoever, mm-hmm. and you are pigeonholed you uh, into like you're either a comedian or you are a host or you are an actress or you are this or that and the other. Yeah. And if you're over thirty, then you may as well kill yourself. Uh, and if you, um, there aren't loads of opportunities for people from varying backgrounds. It's getting better, but very, very slowly. Uh, you know at one point, so I got asked to host Black History Month, and I'm a hundred percent not black. <laughs> Um, which shows how like you know yeah (laughs) how small the yeah well you know it's funny this is all this is all uh very interesting to me too because I 
it, it's it must be Russ is always greener situation, which I, that's not fair because I don't watch BBC shows and think mm-hmm. this is the answer. But for a long time, I have felt like within this tiny pool of of programming that's made from this tiny pool of people mm-hmm. that they seemed to do a a better job of sort of just like having more diversity in roles and stuff and not and not i honestly did i honestly was like god i feel like i've seen more interracial couples than i was like earlier than i saw Mm. in the states i feel like somebody is you know a a da and there's it's not it it doesn't there it doesn't matter what color they are like it doesn't become it's not about that it's not like this is a, a part of the story that we're telling more than this kind of self-conscious it seems less self-conscious to me than American television but also it's that's a that's something I don't know the way I know the way this side of the business works so I might just totally be putting on rose-colored glasses because it's totally. like I need to have a Hollywood somewhere yeah totally I mean look I, I, I don't want to like shit on the British industry because I think we create amazing things and there's a lot of truth in in British art more so than some other countries um around the world including like Bollywood or anywhere else you know we are inclusive to a degree but it sort of keeps swinging in roundabouts you'll either have like a very brave avant-garde like multicultural project but a lot of the projects even as you see here that make it across the pond they are all coming out as period pieces and Back in, you know, 1800, 1900, if you want to get a part in one of those shows, you have to be willing to only be allowed to play a slave or a servant. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that definitely, Thandie Newton's spoken out about this quite a lot, about why mm-hmm. she works in America, because she finds that there are so few roles for her out there. Mm-hmm. And it was just something I, I came here on a holiday and I turned on the TV and there were women who were hosting and being comedians and they were multi, like different shapes and sizes and mm-hmm, heights. And mm-hmm. there were women hosting Good Morning America in their 50s and they had thighs. Certainly, and, certainly. You know, and it just felt Oh, especially like, in hosting. I would agree with you there. I mean, I think you see, so I see a lot of really exciting... You know, like for example, on Netflix, Happy Valley. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a person who comes up in conversation among women actresses that I know because they're like, God, she's just so good, and she's the she's the lead character, mm-hmm. and she's got a sexuality, but she's not skinny, and she's not young, and she's broken, and she's fascinating, mm-hmm. and like people really lean into that with the sort of like, and so there are there I think that does get idealized a little bit of like god they don't throw away their their British actresses but then when I think about it I do feel like I just always see the same people over and over mm-hmm. and over like oh this person will go from that series to that series yeah and I and and there are very few faces that I'm like oh I've never seen him before or so her it's before. a small country so it's yeah. a small business it's small industry and I just kind of wanted to break out of it I think I wanted to be a comedy writer or something just something within comedy because I've had such a sort of passion And probably like a feeling of I'd like to pay back to comedy what it gave me because it was my friend. It was my only friend when I was younger. And so um, I moved here. I uh, wrote a pilot. The pilot got me signed by Three Arts. And then they told me about the audition for The Good Place. And I went in and auditioned. And I'd never auditioned for an acting thing before. And uh, by some crazy twist of fate, because Mike Sher is a psycho, uh, he gave me the job. Uh (laughs) I'm exercising like extreme beginner's luck. Uh-huh. But, um, <laughs> no, but I think so part of it is up to date. But I do think that part of it is the the sort of groundedness that you talk about when you talk about sort of like where where does how does anxiety present itself and how hard are you like wanting something 
versus the experiences that you had with your own health, your body, your safety, Mm -hmm. your wellness, living and not dying, those sorts of things. And having that, bringing that perspective in to a place where sometimes it is really easy to get so tunnel vision that Mm. people go into an audition room and it, it, you can smell, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a cliche, but I think it really exists. You can smell how bad someone wants it. Mm -hmm. And that's a turnoff to people. Yeah. And so if you're going in and you're just like, a little more take it or leave it about it and you know co- like confident and in, in your skin but like, also I'm not sorry like, i'm here like yeah. that's what my uh, entire i was like i hope i'm not wasting your time i did a lot of that when i started too there was a <laughs> lot of like or someone else like just constantly yeah. sort of shitting on the idea of it but you must be english secretly see i see i always thought maybe i was canadian secretly which is sort of adjacent yes, i see this maybe a little bit closer yeah, yeah. than America well, it's so funny because you carry yourself as if you would be uh an unconfident no like slightly more intellectual person you know what i mean um and yet you look like you're probably heidi klum's sister but that is what i'm saying people say about would think about you is this like people can't believe that you could have a sense of humor about yourself and just be a dork and be stunning um and i but that is that is something that like i i recognize in other people this idea of like there's something that, uh, that the, you can instantly tell that there's something else going on inside. Like there isn't, it's just not yeah. the sur- on the surface. I also have really low, uh, a, like a, a probably like quite a low opinion of the way that I look. So I'm quite scarred from having like girls write ugly bitch in foundation across my locker at school. Like I think I can't see, I can see photographs of myself and be like, Oh, that's a nice photo, but nice I can contouring. Like justif- yeah. I can justify that. With like, well, it was nice lighting and like a talented makeup artist and stuff. And so I can post like those photographs on Instagram and feel okay about it. Cause I feel like it was a group effort. Yeah. But if I look in the mirror, I barely look in the mirror. My boyfriend comments on this. So I, I almost look down before I have before, and like take a breath before I can look up because I'm so unconfident about the way that I, appear because i can i will forever see that um that teenager that like really lonely un abnormal teenager staring back at me do you feel and so when you feel that and see it do you feel a sense of of empathy and sort of tenderness for that girl or do you or or is it really sort of just like a like a cringing no i just feel empathy and also i i like her because i like me now and though not everyone likes me, trust me, uh, but um, I like me. And I think that's the most important thing for me. And I wouldn't be me if I hadn't been her. Yeah. And she's still with me everywhere. And actually, every time I get like these little moments of like, you know, there's a moment I got to dance with Ted Danson on set, like slow dance, uh, as if we were sort of Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Uh, and we get to like dance together in the middle of Universal Studios and there were fairy lights everywhere and they were playing Nat King Cole. And the whole time, all I could think about was that 14 year old girl. And I was like, this is for you. You better be enjoying this because this isn't going to last forever, but this one's for you. Or, you know, could not relate more. Could yeah. not relate more. Everything, and I her. want, and and that's so important to hold on to too. I mean, mm. I think that's the best part about when those moments happen for us being if we're if if you choose to be the person, and this goes for anybody at any point in your life, whatever you know, if you have 
the good fortune to get to a place where you can, you know, there's, you're doing any one thing that doesn't mean that you have to be famous. Like if you're a person who, you know, wanted to paint in your spare time and mm-hmm. never thought you'd be good and you're able to do that yeah. and feel good about it, that's just as important to be able to, you know, call back to that kid and go, see, yeah. like, oh my God, this is, we did, we did it. We did okay. And Definitely. you were, and you were a huge part of that, like unfortunate time <laughs> in life, you know? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that's, and, and I never, I hope I never lose that. Because, no, you must have it. You must you know actively I mean? try to hold on to it. I see Absolutely. so many people who've lost that. And it's like, we were all just like awkward children at some point and they've forgotten that. And they feel, they behaved as if they're so entitled to everything. And like, yeah, this should happen. In fact, I want more. And I feel so sad when I see those people because yeah. they don't get to see the wonder of like what our lives could be. Like what most of the people in the world live like yeah you know in like literally in third world conditions and we're here and we're doing something that we enjoy that we love that is so it's not easy necessarily you know because you're bringing something to the table but it's a fuckload easier than anything else i've ever heard of yeah you know we're not saving lives yeah physically and so i think that i, f- I find it really sad when people don't like enjoy every single moment of this and I've been doing this for 10 years now. I've been in this business and it hasn't gone yet because I constantly keep her with me. I put yeah. her in my bag and I keep her with me all the time. Same. If you've just started listening to this podcast, you'll think I'm talking about <laughs> uh, or a dog. A um, tiny, yeah. adorable dog. A small child uh, uh-huh. that I take everywhere keep with me. Keep her in your bag. Um, but yeah, I, I, there are so many of those little moments where I'm just like, I can't bloody believe what's happening. Yeah. Even like this sounds so disgusting, but even waking up next to my boyfriend, who uh, is exactly the type of boy that I fancied so much when I was at secondary school, and I never dated anyone like him throughout my life until now. But he looks exactly like. Obviously, he is not a teenager. Just to be clear, he doesn't look, he doesn't look exactly like. He looks like an older version. When he gets his driver's license. He is gonna yeah. be. He looks like an older version uh-huh. of uh, of exactly the boys that I was too scared to talk to at parties. Mm-hmm. Describe, please. Uh, tall, very English-looking, skinny, uh, that sort of like still has a moppy sort of haircut mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like a baby face and mm-hmm. he's, has a really clean cut at the back. Uh-huh. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, and he's just got quite a, an And he is demeanor. English. He's English, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's the he's the kind of boy that would never have spoken to me at a party or, um, you know, I used to hold coats for the pretty girls at, at like parties. And, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Shall I tell you a what really is that? sad yeah, what story is that? from school? Yeah. How does that really even happen? Like you just end up, please. Yeah. Okay. Does it involve coats? Uh, no, it's worse. Okay, uh, but then quickly, might tell, quickly tell me how you end up being the person that becomes the <laughs> coat check girl because um, that's also <laughs> deliciously sad. Well, uh, basically I'd be standing at the sort of like right by the door afraid to walk in and someone beautiful and rich would walk in and hand me her coat. <laughs> And then because I was the such a, a loser, I help. would be like, this is my job. I have, this is, I've been given a job. I'm going to do my job. And that way, that would be I basically totally my excuse it. as to like not have to partake in the party. It's like, Absolutely. I've got a thing that I do and this is how everyone will talk to me because I'm holding their coats. Absolutely. And I would like set up a coat check at a house party uh, <laughs> by myself. Like someone once tipped me. It was, <laughs> it was just so embarrassing. Oh right. my God. I've not ever told this story on anything that involved a microphone before, but I'll tell you one of the like deep traumatic moments of school. If you want to hear it, I, 
I okay. do. I, I, I feel I'm going to be able to relate on at least That's some. That's so level. upsetting. Um, so um, I, this is just like from a bullying point of view. So I got invited to, uh, I'd never, I, in my first two years at school, no one had ever invited me to one of their birthday parties. And suddenly the most popular two girls at school were having a bat mitzvah, so Jewish, I think you turned 13. Um, and they were having a joint one, two of the richest, like hottest girls at school. And uh, they invited me and I couldn't, bloody believe it i was so excited i went shopping for it with my mum and we got the most disgusting outfit i don't know how she let me dress like that but it was like it's probably my fault but it was like a red crochet crop top and i did not have the figure for a crop top <laughs> and like tight leather pleather plastic leather <laughs> crocodile skin brown flares uh, where you can see all of the camel toe, just <laughs> all of. I, was, I didn't even know what that was at that time, <laughs> but now I look back and I remember what that was. Um, oh. And I was on crutches at the time because I used to always fall over, and so I was constantly on crutches. I'm known at school as like the girl who was always on crutches, oh, and so I turned up on crutches. I'd done my hair in like 14 different plaits because I thought that would look incredibly cool. I now realise that's cornrows and probably <laughs> some sort of cultural uh, <laughs> accidental reappropriation. But um, I go to the party. I'm so excited. I cannot believe I've been invited to the biggest party of the year. And uh, they are so excited when they see me. And they're like, oh, my God, Jamila, you look amazing. And I was thinking, I do look amazing. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, God, help me. And everyone's like wearing little black dresses and chokers. And they all look like Spice Girls. And I look like, uh, I mean if hell was an outfit um and so i uh walk I, you know i'm hobbling on the crutches and they're like come to the dance floor with us come dance with us and i'm like oh my god they want me to dance and so i'm like hobbling on i was like you know i'm on crutches and they're like it's cool they look cool and i was like oh so i you know i hobble onto the dance floor with the crutches and i'm kind of trying to dance while on crutches and um they take away my crutches they just grab my crutches and take them away off my arms and I uh, can't stack, stay standing because I've got like a, I don't know, broken leg or something. And um, so I fall over and everyone Jamila. stands in like a circle around me, like laughing and pointing at me. And uh, it took like three adults to get me up because I was a big one. I was a little bit of a big one. And uh, to be carried out of the party. And that's why they'd invited me there to humiliate me. It was like something out of an American. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say, like, movie. short of dumping pig's blood on you, like uh, yeah. Carrie, the so, Stephen King thing. It's a book. I don't know why yeah. I couldn't use the word. Uh, I don't even think I told my mum at the time. Like, what I was a... so mortified. I stayed there and I wouldn't let them call my mum, and I just wanted her to think that I'd had a good time at the party. Um, well, so you just sat outside because mm -hmm. you didn't oh, on my own, darling. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. But again, God, it's why I'm such a, I'm surprised I don't punch people more often because <laughs> I get so angry when I hear stuff totally. like that. It, it really makes me want to hit someone in the face and it sounds like it would feel so good to me. It and is. we're talking about 13 year old girls and yeah. that doesn't stop me at all. I'm like, I would totally punch. I'm a still afraid of the them. Face. Like I see yeah. 13 year olds all the time and I like wince. Like they are my phobia. It's like bees and 13 year old uh -huh. girls. Like, <laughs> Understood. <laughs> and like, nuclear Understood. missiles. Like those are my three big, yeah. big fears. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I guess 
I guess the good thing is that it gave me, you can either go one way or the other with that situation. You can either be like, fuck everyone and I'm going to be the best and I'm going to kill you all. Uh-huh. <laughs> or uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to shit on other people because someone shat on me sure, and I'm sure. going to exert my power over them because sure. I was powerless. Or you can develop like deep, deep empathy and you can never ever want someone to feel left out or bad about themselves and you can always like you know try to make people feel comfortable because you know exactly what it feels like not to be comfortable I'm glad I went that way yeah um I developed kind of excessive empathy and uh and it also meant that then when I became older and I did lose weight and I my skin cleared up and I became a, a tv host and a model and and an actress and all these different things where people are lying to your face all day just telling you oh my god you're a princess mm-hmm. um all day. <laughs> Um, to your face like looking you in the eye telling you you're a princess Uh, I was able to always just not believe that and not buy into it and not think it was important yeah because of these just shitty years yeah that I'd had yeah I always wondered I like I so many times particularly in fourth fifth sixth seventh and eighth Mm. more than high school but even a little bit in high school I just um I couldn't like I was like how do you get to I don't want to be but what are the conversations like and what precipitates the the thing where someone's like, we're going to not talk to her for mm-hmm. as long as we want to not talk to her just to not talk. Because I would have that happen where all of a sudden all the girls would have decided to stop talking to me and no one would make eye contact me and they would just like look at each other and smirk. Mm-hmm. And I never was in on, you know what I mean? Like what would yeah. that have been like to be in on it and and how that sort of mob mentality develops because there were girls who were nice normally. Mm-hmm. Like how did they, they got them. Yeah. Like what is that conversation? Like that, that person who like your weekend friend girl mm-hmm. was like clearly liked you enough to want to be around you at times, but was still enough in the fold that she would, you know, conform to, well, I'm not going to make myself a social pariah by talking to you like that, that, I was always really interested in that sort of t- the tipping point in between people, not the people who are running the show mm-hmm. and making sure that people are being treated like shit, but the people in the middle who are like so close to almost standing up for you. And then they don't. It's teenage survival of the fittest. Yeah. It's like watching a nature documentary. In fact, that's the most brilliant thing that uh, one of the many brilliant moments of Tina Fey's Mean Girls is when suddenly the oh, scene so turns good. into the wild you hear and, the, and you they hear become the wild animals, m- wild mad yeah. animals. But that's yeah. what it is like. It is like that. They have the kind of like pack mentality and they they pick the strongest ones. And as soon as they smell a weakness in you, they distance themselves from you and choose you as the one they're going to kill for your meat. Uh-huh. You know, and so it's it's a real obstacle course to navigate. I think girls' schools are just a horrible idea. I think it should yeah. be mixed. And not that there isn't bullying it's so weird. Well, that's boys the thing bullying is- and now there's like revenge sexting and like, <sighs> right. know, like revenge porn and all this right. crazy, <laughs> crazy nonsense that yeah. kids are getting up to. But-, but see, I talked to, that's what I always, I went to public school and I always in my mind thought that all girls schools must be the absolute worst because I had mm-hmm. like the, like things that got me through those times were my guy friends who were like nice yeah. to me and didn't feel, thought, thought that was weird and would never have done something like that to me. Um, but then I've talked to girls on the podcast, like as I find out more about what teenagerhood is like for other people who were like, oh, I went to public school and it was awful because the girls were only terrible because there were boys around. And when I went to private school, my, in high school, 
everyone got along and everyone wore the same thing and there just wasn't that. And then mm. I've talked to girls who are like, oh yeah, that's, it's exactly what you God, were afraid of. Just, like, I think it just depends. It really depends. It depends on what you look like. It depends on your genetic makeup. It depends on how you were raised. Like there's so many things. And where can, in the country or in totally. what country you live. You can have, it just depends on your specific vulnerability. But I don't know a lot of people who were just absolutely fine and had the best time at, at high school. Yeah, who, me neither. Who, who then... In, this sounds such a I mean I'm probably wrong when I say this but I d- have not yet met people who had a great time in school um who then have gone on to like develop a load of character or empathy I'm sure those people do exist but I also haven't met that many people who have just had a great time during school I think we all realize more than each other like how crappy a time it was yeah um, yeah I would say that the people I mean there are definitely people I've had on the podcast who are incredibly sweet and just kind Mm. good-natured people who didn't bully anybody but also you know didn't have those kinds of experiences right, and really yeah. say like I can't complain you know I had a wonderful childhood I had a wonderful time then I'm so in wrong. high school yeah. but um but I would say that more and 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 I and I'm delighted that the, that that exists as well because that's what like, I want for my you know, children exactly yeah. like you yeah. want to be able to be to develop into a wonderful person and be empathetic and not have had that happen to mm-hmm. you um but 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 no I agree I think I think most of the time even people who didn't can't point to any one thing that was terrible were still like I just you know just feeling out of place and just feeling mm-hmm. like it seems like some like so many other people have some, the answer to something whether they're just fronting or not you don't know at the time that you feel like they've figured something out everyone feels like someone's figured something out before them mm-hmm. and they're just kind of on the outside going when do i get to feel like that do you find here that not just here like in this business that that like teenage girl pack mentality crops up again and again even as an adult yeah uh-huh that's I, why i wanted I this podcast to be about what it is oh, right that's so funny because <laughs> i was like i was when i i mean these guys know but like when i moved here and was doing this i was like i've not felt like this since high school i have not felt there i'm having feelings about my body and about my face and about my talent or about my intelligence about where i belong about social, social constructs skills, yeah that i have not Thought, thought, I mean, I've just not thought about since I was in high school because I had this whole life in my 20s of living in San Francisco, working, you know, in mm-hmm. a city where like, you know, it, it, certainly it's changed a lot, but it just is not that. And um, and it was what I was avoiding coming down here. And so I really did feel like mm-hmm. and that was the thing that I that I was like, I it was very female forward because I was like, I don't feel that way. And I don't want to feel that way about girls that I'm auditioning opposite. Like, I don't want mm. to feel like there's like they're my competition or that you know someone's better or worse than me or anything like that I just want us to support each other you know yeah it just means that there's other jobs like the right person for the job is going to get the job there's no point ripping each other apart like we should be pushing each other forward the more of us there are the better it is yeah like trying to only be the only one like you see it with female rappers like and it's men who I think must have orchestrated the idea that there can only be one there's like millions of male rappers a lot of whom are similar to each other yeah um and then you've got like there's only there can only be one female rapper and if another one crops up they have to rip each other apart and it's like the you know the strongest one wins the one who can tear them down I mean I did hear <laughs> Azealia Banks called uh, Iggy Azalea Igloo Australia, which I thought was actually really funny and creative, but <laughs> it was a sign of like, come on, girls. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can't we all be in this together? Can't we, yeah. can't you rap on a song together? Yeah. You know, can't we turn this into some sort of community rather than like one queen and then just millions of men around yeah. that one queen bee? Yeah. Um, it's very strange. Especially um, if you're afraid of bees. Yeah, God. Um, but I, yeah, I my first job was really stressful on television because there were two female presenters who were just so unpleasant to me. And I worked with them for bloody years and they were again I wasn't cool you know I still didn't drink still didn't smoke still didn't do drugs didn't I just don't look good in leather jackets I think that bothered them <laughs> I, just, I was a swimmer when I was younger I have extremely broad shoulders uh, and so I can't I can't wear leather mm-hmm. it's who I am I've tried believe me I have tried so you're uh, number one downfall you know so I just like I don't look like something out of a Serge Gainsbourg like Instagram fan account uh <laughs> And so like they would just, they'd just roll their eyes every time I would speak or try and join the conversation. Used to like arrange social plans right in front of me when there'd be five hosts there talking about it and then not invite me. And I was like, I'm 23. Yeah. How do I still feel? Why do Uh, I feel bad about myself? They should feel bad. They're being, they're mean people. Uh But uh, it was just, you know, even the boys were were quite unkind. Um, And I just thought, I just, you just wonder, like, what is it? What's wrong with us? What are, what are people? Why yeah. don't we care about each other? Why don't we know what kind of damage we do? That's the biggest thing I, I like. You know, sometimes I go into schools and I talk to the kids. And one of the biggest things I like to talk about is, like, be very careful about what you do here. Because it's going to make marks on other people that will exist sometimes forever. Yeah, we're so unaware and I don't understand why that isn't impressed upon us more when we're Mm -hmm. children they know that kids bully each other yeah this is in school it should start not just be nice to each other explain why you should be nice to each other right otherwise you will grow up and you will be you know someone terrifying or someone who hurts other people or someone who's very damaged and sad and depressed yeah they should teach these things to kids this is what I will teach my children yeah be careful same thing with parents be careful Kids are so impressionable. Yeah. God, I was just thinking when you were talking about this too, I, re- I remembered that I um, would always do like the, <laughs> the most uncool response possible to that sort of behavior, which was I could never get past it, but I also couldn't like complain about it to someone else. Like I was compelled to like corner someone and just be like a red faced crying mess and go, why do you hate me? Oh my God. No, Which that's great so though. Uncool. No, but that's great. You want to be like, whatever, I don't need you. Like, this is why this is, but that, but that's good. Cause then you confront them with the fact that you have a feeling when we bottle it up and we go, I'm fine. And then they think you're fine. And yeah. you know, this is why we're now in like an epidemic of like teen suicide or teen depression because now we've got bloody texting and social media where you don't ever have to be confronted by the expression or the damage you don't like you can call each other fat and ugly and a whore and say all these terrible things to each other and you don't even have to deal with their human reaction. Do you, you think that there will off. be do you think that there will be uh or if there has been any sign of a sort of backlash to that, like, do you think there will be any sort of behavioral like paradigm shift that results directly from that, the sort of like uh, impersonal quality of social media? Or do you just feel like this is the, like, you know, there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. And that's one of the bad things. I'm hoping that all of the schools are listening to this podcast and they're going to think about this and be like, we should teach this in the curriculum. Um, But I think it takes more of us with a platform talking about this yeah this is really important 
because this forms the next generation and the generation after that bullying is something that you know and also it'll make us look at it look at ourselves now yeah you know, I just came from an audition where there were like 15 people in it and four of them were guys and the rest were all girls. And, you know, we were all somewhat of a similar prototype and just the instant Hunger Games vibe you get as soon as you walk in where it's just like, oh God, yeah, this doesn't feel, why? Where does yeah. this come from? Why is this so quick for you yeah. to just look at me, make an assumption and have kill in your eyes? Yeah. Um, it's very strange but I think that we need to use our platform for many things and talk about women's obviously issues and you know poverty and immigration but we should also definitely be spending more time talking about this not just scolding bullies explaining to them why what you know what it is and what what happens from it yeah oh oh it's time for a quick break I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun Hey everyone, it's I, John Hodgman of the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. And I, Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse Podcast. And we've made a whole new podcast, a 12-episode special miniseries called I, Podius, in which we recap, discuss, and explore the very famous 1976 BBC miniseries about ancient Rome called I, Claudius. We've got incredible guests such as Gillian Jacobs, Paul F. Tompkins, as well as star of I, Claudius, Sir Patrick Stewart. And his son, non-sir Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Dan, you'll get there someday. iPodius is the name of the show. Every week for MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I do want to get into this mash game because I, I, as much as I want you to just move yeah, in I here, no I, what, I probably should let do, you go. We'll, do it. well, here's what I'm going to do. Number one, I'm going to go with so this is this first category, and you're just going to give me three picks um, from your uh, from your wonderful mind, um, and I think you'll catch on pretty quickly. Uh, so the first category I want to ask you is three. This is going to be three sitcoms, okay, single camera, otherwise. Uh, that you can jump into and sort of just hang out with those characters. Like you're not a character on the show. It's the those worlds are suddenly real, and you can just chill out and like have those best friends and all that. Friends, Sex and the City, and Frasier. Great. Niles is my boy. I had a very good feeling that you would have easy answers for those. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next one is uh, you. Look, give me, give me uh, vacation home locations. This is uh, getting there is no uh, issue whatsoever. It's not a challenge, and um, I'm going to give you the option. It could either be real places or it could be like places from you know Lord of the Rings and <laughs> you know the planet Hoth, etc. If you want. Um, but three so three places and they have to be easy to get to or just no i mean like, like for, yeah wherever they are in this universe they're easy to get to tokyo great. um i've always wanted to go to bora bora great from that film couples retreat everything i know is from like lost in translation bora bora because <laughs> uh, i never leave my house so i have to think of films that i've seen about people who did leave the house ah. um and where else where else where else i would like to go to um you know, Rome. I love Rome. Great. I have actually been to Rome. I have not, and I would like That's to. I've great. been to I've been to cities in Italy, but I never made it to Rome. I love Rome. Um, great. Okay, give me uh, three. Okay, really, because you are because you have that same sort of pop culture obsession that I had growing up, and mm-hmm. I could just do these categories forever and ever. Give me three fictitious 
um, sort of mentor types that come from film or books or TV. This is this, this character is sort of a real person and you can just call them and say like, I just need some advice. How do you know? Tell me, tell me what you do in this situation. Robin Williams in uh, Good Will Hunting. Great. Obviously. Um, uh, who else do I want advice from? I mean, everyone wants advice from Meryl, but I don't know when, because she always plays real weirdos. Yeah. Play, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I love the Yeah, what is a good Meryl give advice to? I don't know. Like, oh, She'd give you fashion Great advice question. and the devil wears Prada, but like... Uh, <laughs> that's about all you would want her for. Yeah, that's it. Just how to be cutthroat um, in the business. Yeah, I'd like advice, weirdly, from... Yeah, I always really liked Samantha from Sex and the City's attitude Great. to life. Um, Great. I thought she was very devil maker. Uh, <laughs> who was the third one? Who was the third one? Um, someone I loved, right? To someone who I thought had a really sage, great yeah. advice, a great character. I'm, I, all uh, I can think now is what Meryl... I'm obsessing over yeah. what Meryl Streep's character I'm I not going to really say want. Gandhi because I think Gandhi's an arsehole. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you read about it you will find out uh, Gandhi was an so arsehole there are so many public figures like that though do you That's know the story about him and his wife and like his wife was 14 or something when they met and married oh and uh, they got married and then she got this random illness and got really really sick and um, and the doctors were like we need to treat her and he was like no no we don't uh. I don't even know if he's a bit like that I think he did um, <laughs> but at least a bit like that but he was like you know, I am brown and you can't tell from She's my brown. accent but I'm from India uh, and Pakistan um, but you know he was like no 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 we don't do that in our religion like we don't ever deal with western medicine and she died uh, and then two weeks later he got the same illness and he, and he was like yeah yeah no give me oh, the medicine what know. terrible terrible oh, asshole oh god you know oh yeah I, the, well that's i think that's the and this is a whole other tangent that we don't have time to go off on no, but sure, you sure, know sure. because of the, the social climate of right now which is fascinating and kind of really exciting on some levels but then this backlash that we've talked about we talked about when we were doing the show together of sort of like how do men in power respond to and tamp down the all the kind of sexual um uh misconduct allegations that are flying around and stuff but this whole idea of separating art or great deeds from the because it's principally and primarily men that have you know made it through history mm -hmm. and survived in the history books and become these iconic people and so many of them like when you start to pick it apart you're like so many of them come with a little asterisk and at the <laughs> asterisk and at the bottom it's like now he did he was unfaithful to his wife he may or may not have murdered her but yeah. listen he was a wonderful painter yeah. and we all uh, you know it's very and so there's a, there are these kind of conversations happening right now um you know that that people are writing about a little bit which is this sort of like can you separate the work from the humanity of and the and the personal acts of somebody who mm. you know is admired on some level and it's it's an interesting question it's a very changing time yeah at the moment yeah um oh, what was the final thing uh, oh yeah like, sorry you're, you're in mean girls oh oh great 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 that good one that's absolutely fantastic. God, the time. I mean, it would just take too long for us to go into what is happening right now as yeah, regards. I know, I know. It's like that could have mm, been a whole, whole other podcast. It really could have been. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, next category is three. Uh, let's do three foods, substances, anything like that, that um, in this reality you can't have a lot of for one reason or another be it an allergy be it i'm watching my how much i eat be it i can't have it because it exists in a faraway place and so it's not accessible to me but in this universe you can have this whatever this thing is in perpetuity three with no ramifications and you can have them at the snap of a finger french fries right. um any kind of gluten just all gluten just a bag of gluten 
Uh, Pluto makes me really sick, me and I, I, oh god, the smell of it—just like hollow bread, specifically yeah. hollow bread. Yeah, god, it, I, I've conf- my mouth is just filled up with saliva just <laughs> saying that. Um, uh, I know I developed like really intense crave, in, intense cravings for Olive Garden breadsticks with creamy Alfredo sauce, which is like not anything that doesn't align fancy. with anything else in yeah. my universe, <laughs> but anymore. But that's the high school kid in me that would just sit and eat those and feel better. Um, it really stuck with me. Okay, I've got um, challah bread. I've got French fries. I'm Burger King. Great. Which is just crap, but I <laughs> love it. Oh, it's great. I appreciate that you're a Burger King person and not a McDonald's person because yeah. I was raised as, as a Burger King yeah, yeah, uh, me too. family. Yeah, I'm not an animal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we prefer royalty to a clown. I mean, those are your choices. To a guy with a white-headed, you know like what? A, a white head. I had a, an ex-boyfriend move on from our relationship. That even though I dumped him, I was really miffed about this. Uh, he dumped me for Miss... Not He didn't dump me. I dumped him and then a month later he started dating Miss Universe and she had a, a bloody crown and so I genuinely, on a day when I was obviously extensively YouTubing her, yeah. uh, just waiting for her to say something really dumb, um, I put on my little Burger King crown that I had <laughs> <laughs> while like bitterly YouTubing this beautiful goddess of a woman. So embarrassing. Oh, I can't, um, I can't okay. imagine being Miss Universe. I can't imagine competing in a beauty competition. That feels like, speaking of like only being able to enter a room going like, I'm sorry, I'm here. I'm very sorry, I'm here. Yeah why are you why has this happened what what weird nightmare am i in um okay next category is three skills that you wake up with tomorrow and you've sort of downloaded matrix style so you're you become an expert at something that would normally take ten thousand hours plus of practice i'd like to twerk i'd really like to i just want to know how to do it i can't i have the arse that should be able to do it but i just can't i can't function like that twerking is important to me and i don't know why it's just Uh so sad um what would i like to do I would like to, obviously, I would like to fly. Everyone wants to fly, right, but I would like sure. to fly. Um, and what else would I like to do? Well, any kind of any kind of skill in the world. Mm-hmm. I'd like to pick up any language Great. immediately. Great. You know that film phenomenon with the mm-hmm. yeah. his face, John Travolta. Yeah, where he yeah. learns Portuguese. Where like he like can take a like a car journey and like learn the whole of a language phenomenon had a very impactful uh influence on me in the sense that i became i'm i have i walked away from seeing that movie thinking many things not the least of which was that portuguese is the most difficult language to learn yeah cut to (laughs) many years later quite recently i was speaking to a person who was brazilian spoke for portuguese is their first language and i was like and portuguese it's like the hardest language to learn and they were like what what are you talking about? I was like the hardest language to learn. They were like, it's, it's really not, it's no. not that different from no. <laughs> Spanish or Italian. I was like, no, where did you hear that? Uh, I don't know. I think it's, uh, um, I, I might've been, uh, yeah, I was reading, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, embarrassing. Okay. Any language. Great. Next category, three guys, men, people from a book, from uh, a film could be a character or could be the actor who played them could be from any period of time. So it could be, you know, Timothy Dalton, Era of the Rocketeer. I don't know where that came from. I don't even know if I've seen that movie. <laughs> uh, but you know, any, t- any sort of any slice of time. Um, okay. Three. This is like your alternate universe. Uh, I want to sexy shack, time. I yeah, want to... it's kind of up to you. It's like it could be one of them. You could choose because you would want him to be your alternate universe husband. But if you got you know this other one, it would really only be that you would want to have him as a sex toy, etc. Jim Carrey in the Truman Show. Great. Um, that movie uh so who else uh so hugh grant in four weddings and a funeral oh, absolutely uh and 
whole rod in this is 40. Okay, next category is three. I want to do what are the other ones I want to do for you? Three. Um, well, fuck, I'm just going to do it. Three movies that you can jump into and hang out with the characters and just be and be in the space. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. So ready for that. So ready. Um, what else would I like to be in? Uh, Dead Poet Society. Great. Those are my boys. Um, and what other film? What other film that I just love? And would want to watch all the time. I oh, you know what this is so uncool of me, but uh, my best friend's wedding. <laughs> I love Julia. I don't care if that's not cool. I don't know if it's not. Co- I don't know if it's not cool. I, I, don't care. I, I, I that's someone that. where, you know, I I sort of like as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten better about looking back and seeing, uh, uh, particularly with certain actors, like oh, I get it. like could you be more likable? Especially when I see the sort of counterpart that isn't, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where I, you really go like, Oh God, this is why this person is wildly successful. Yeah. And part also, of it is their imperfections. And part of it is that sort of goofy lack of dignity on some level that, you know, that sort of vulnerability that like radiates out versus somebody who just sort of isn't open in that way or isn't self-effacing in that way. I practice a total, a, an attempt at a total lack of pretentiousness about these sort of things. Like I like trash. I am a trashy person. I, I'm basically just made out of trash. If trash mm-hmm. had a wig on mm-hmm. that would be <laughs> me. okay all right i'm just trash with a wig yeah. on uh and so it's who i am and i i like talking about these things and i don't care this is this is good because i've come up with an all new category just in the spur of the moment based on everything trash with a wig said, on okay. which is <laughs> take away the wig uh-huh. <laughs> this is the new category dumpster diving Great. Three dumpsters full of one th- thing, but in multitudes that you would be most excited to happen upon. Like, oh my God, a totally full dumpster of blank. Three. Okay, people's leftovers. I fucking love people's Great. leftovers. Strangers' leftovers. I will reach Great. over to other tables. <laughs> uh, I love Great. leftovers. Great. Um, also love food off the floor. Um, but, okay, so that's food. Uh, old, private saucy photos great 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 great. um and what else what else what else drafts rough drafts of letters of important letters oh wonderful god i love this new category (laughs) you've made an indelible impression like a lasting legacy (laughs) in this mash game this is my new favorite category this is very exciting okay so this is the part where i figure out which of these you end up with per 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 category so uh just i'm going to quickly do something like don't you know give it a couple of seconds you're going to do some light maths i gotta do some light math but first before i even oh i'm sorry british i need to do some light maths before I do that, I just need to like do this little squiggle. So give it like, you know, three beats ish and then tell me to stop. Okay. Stop. Great. I'm going to pause this for my maths. Okay. When I come back, I'm going to give you your 100% guaranteed mash future. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, there's things that I personally uh, was sad to see go. A couple of pa- heart pangs. Uh, one of them was that you didn't end up with Burger King. But you did end up with French fries. Okay, fine. No, no, that's is, fine. That's in the same category. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, so I'm very pleased that you have this uh, unlimited access to French fries. My with blood zero type is French fries. Your so. blood type. You are at the point now where <laughs> okay. your blood type is French fries. 
Uh, I want to congratulate you on your mansion. Not apartment, <gasps> shack, or house, but mansion. The Thanks. very best. Okay. Your mansion in Tokyo, which is one of the most expensive sure. places to be. Okay. So you've done very well for yourself. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if um, part of that is that you are one of the world's best workers. Oh, no. But perhaps you've been raking in millions twerking. Oh, my God. Maybe you I have a YouTube do channel. Do have like a, that? Yeah. A YouTube tutorial as yeah. to how to be as good at twerking as me. Yeah. Oh, you're amazing God. thank you uh i want to congratulate you on your ability to step into either the world of friends <gasps> or my best friend's wedding okay good. you got both of those I'm very pleased for okay, you okay good rupert ever was so darling in that oh yeah doll. he's so great uh he looks a little different now like there's there's something that i feel he's either had surgery it's none of my business 100 percent. but he looks different yeah he just doesn't have the expressions anymore. It's like you when you see a, yeah. a beautiful the dame actress where you're like, but now you can't move. Like, I don't care if you have work done, but just let me see you still be able to like make faces. It's, it always looks like someone standing in front of a very strong fan yeah. all the time. Um, okay. Maybe so, that's the look he asked for. Okay. You know, my boyfriend actually says about me, uh, he said this the other day, uh, which is sad and true, um, that... Um, He's like, you know, you talk about, uh, you bring up the Friends characters several times a day uh, as if they are your friends, as if they're anecdotes, anecdotes that yeah. you were there for. And the thing is, is that they were my friends growing up. I get it. That was it. They were my only friends. So I, I talk totally about things it. very colloquially. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, this is like the time that Chandler uh -huh. did this. And I do this several times a day. Oh, I get it. Every I really day. get it. That's so impressive. I got to work with that monkey um, and I was like, so wowed that i was working with that's the coolest thing the, i've ever heard the, weep, the weeper capuchin monkey I would have been uh, her, who's a girl whose name is crystal sure. um she was very cute she just started cleaning under my nails she was like grabbed my fingers and was like cleaning under my nails sure she was grooming me uh listen i want to i don't i don't want to get derailed here because we still have some good news left sorry okay um no that's on me uh and also it doesn't matter um i want to congratulate you for your uh your close friendship with robin williams character from goodwill hunting <gasps> yes that's really Fuck the best yeah. one i'm so oh, God, excited like that you got really that happening. i know see this is why i end with it because you walk out feeling like elated and uh you also <laughs> You've also stumbled on a dumpster full of other people's leftovers. Mm -hmm. Great. So Heaven. dive in. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be enjoying that with um, Jim Carrey's character from The Truman Show, yes. which I was also very happy with. That was my, would have been my number one choice for you. Um, I think that's everything. I think I got it all. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So God, that's I love your, my uh, fake life. That's your beautiful fake future. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I've been looking forward to this uh, since we met. And um, where can people find you? What would you like people to know about, if anything? Oh, uh, people can find me on a show on NBC called The Good Place. I guess uh, we if you don't want to see me on it, it, that's fair. But Ted Danton and Kristen Bell are on it. And you can watch it for them and just sort of ignore me. Um, and, uh, and then I'm on Twitter at Jamila Jamil and... I am on Instagram at Jamila Jamil Official and I am embarrassing. I'm overly unguarded. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad affair, my Instagram. But if you want to come and meet me there, by all means, go ahead. You met, you, we met because you came in and did a special Thrilling Adventure Hour show that we were doing and you walked in and you could not, I mean, Ben really knew what he was doing because you walked into that dressing room and we were all like, oh, you've been here a million years. Like you oh. couldn't have been more in a room full of women that are just like that. So it was it was sort of instantly like yep 
she's one of us. We're good. This is great. You could not have she's made in, me She's feel joined the ranks. More yeah. uh, welcome or been less of a stereotype of what actresses are. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all really different too. That's one of the things I love about it is that that we're all like very, indi- like we're very individualistic. No- none of us are like each other, but there's mm-hmm. there's something, there's a thread running through that feels like a real For sisterhood, sure. which is kind of great. show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.